This is um, the last shmuz scheduled for the year, and it's also a shmuz that's going to be talking about Zman Matan and I thought I would really combine the concepts of being Messiah and the Torah with discussing a little bit about the concept of a siyum that we make on the Torah itself. The makar for a siyum how when we are zeicha to finish a mesechta, when we're zeicha to finish a seder of mishnayis, we're zeicha to finish shas, that we know that there's a time-honored tradition to go and gather people together and serve some food and make a certain, um, say a nusach and say a kaddish with a siyam. The makar for this is a gemara in Shabbos and afkufiyot chesam adbeis, the Gemara in Shabbos there quotes Abaye. And Abaye used to say, Tasily, I have merited, I have been zeichet to a lot. In what's chos? Techichazinan surba midrabanon, that when I see a, a young Tamil Chacham, Tisholem Misechta who completes a Masechta, who learns something, and he's Messiah that thing, Avidna I went and I made a Yantif for the Rabbis. Which means that the earliest source for making a Siyam, for celebrating a completion of a, of a unit of Torah, is from Abaye, who used to always, whenever he saw Tzurvimei Rabbonon, who was Messiah and Masechta, he would make a Yamatavla Rabban and he would make a Yantif for his yeshiva. And from this Gemara, from this source, emanates our Minag to make a Siyam as we complete different Masechtas and elements of Taira. The Marshal points out something very interesting in a Sefer Yamshel Shlemer. And the Marshal says in Parag Zion of Bab Metziah that this mitzvah to be Mesameach on a Simchas HaTayra on a Siyam is not just for the person that was Messiah, but in fact it was for the person all the people that celebrate together with him are also participants in this mitzvah. He brings a proof from the fact that Abaye didn't say that I made a, a Yamatava for that Rav who was Messiah. Avida Yamatava Rabbanan, all of the Bnei Yeshiva were Zaychat to participate in the Siyam together because everybody, whoever participates in the Siyam, is also Ki'ilu, he was Messiah in the Mesechta as well, as if he was also a participant in this. There's a well-known Vart from the Grah, the Vilmagan used to say that the word Siyam itself is special, is significant, because the word Siyam, Samach Yud Vav Men, has something special about these letters. He says that the Letters of the Aleph Bays has a nigla and a nistar. Every single letter has a component which is a nigla and a component which is a nistar. Which means 
there's the revealed part of the Torah of the letter, and then there's the hidden part of the letter. Lamashal, the letter Aleph. What do we see? What's visible of the letter Aleph? The letter Aleph. What's not visible in the letter Aleph? The Lamed and the Fei. Those are part of the letter. That's really how you spell out the letter, but you don't see that. You only see the Aleph. So the Aleph is considered to be the Nigla, and the Lamed Fei is considered to be the Nista. He says, let's notice the letters of the word Siyum. Samach, the Nigla is Samach, 60, and the Nista is Memchaf. Samach is Samach Memchaf. You see the Samach. The Mem and the Chaf are invisible. And Mem and Chaf is 40 plus 20 together equals 60. So the Nigla equals the Nista. The same thing is true for a Yud. Yud Vav Dalit is how you spell the word Yud. The Yud is the Nigla, that's 10. Vav is 6, 4 is... Dalit is 4, that's also 10. The Nigla equals the Nista. Vav is spelled Vav Vav. Nigla equals Nista. Mem is Mem Mem. Nigla equals Nista. Says the Gra, you see from these Isias that there's something very special that takes place by every Siyam. That the Nigla... The Messiah, the person that's actually making the Siyam on Mesefta, is equal to the Nista, to the people that are just participating. Seems unfair almost that a person goes and schwitzes over Mesefta for so long until he completes it, he makes a Siyam, and you just show up in the room and you eat a little bit and you participate a drop, you dance maybe, and for that you are considered as if you were Messiah together with him. But that's the way it works. This is what the Mashal says, this is what the Gros says, that a Siyam is not just for the person being Messiah in the Mesefta, but rather it's for the general clout. All the participants in a Siyam are also part of the celebration, both the Nigla and the Nister, both the Messiah and the people that are being Mishtatif in the Siyam, they all are considered to be one party to the seam of this Mesefta, of this great Rina Shaltaira. Just Aga Vorcha, if I'm speaking about Nigla and Nista and the Gra, I must, I can't contain myself but saying my favorite Gra on this part. There's a Medrash Plia. There's a whole safer we actually have in Yeshiva, it's called Medrash Plia, and they assembled all of the Medrashim wherever they were scattered that are very cryptic medrashim, medrashim that don't really have a, a, a simple way of understanding them. They're mysterious. There's something like a riddle-like quality to these medrashim. It's not just they... I mean, all medrashim, I guess, are in a sense a riddle. We have to understand what they mean. But there are some that are in your face something that really needs to be understood because there's no traditional mikra. There's no clear, simple way of understanding what the medrash means. And there's a savior called Medrash Plia that gathers many of these Medrashim. And all of the brilliant minds over the millennia have grappled and tried to use their pilpul and their brilliance to try to figure out what is the Medrash talking about. So there's one very interesting Medrash Plia, and the Medrash Plia is on the Pasuk, Kimayim Panim Lepanim, Kain Leib Adam El Adam that just like water, 
when I look at my reflection in a pool of water, I look back at myself, that's how my heart is to another person's heart, which means that the same way that there is a reflective nature when it comes to looking in water, there is also reflective nature when dealing with other people. If you ever wonder, does Chaim Yanko like me or does he not like me? It's very simple to determine that. Ask yourself, do you like Chaim Yanko? Because if you like him, there's a very good chance that he will like you as well. Because that's the way it works. There's a reciprocal nature when it comes to people's emotional feelings towards one another. If you like somebody else, good chance he likes you back. If you don't like somebody else, there's a good chance that he doesn't like you. And this is what Shlaim HaMelech meant when he wrote this Pasuk, Here comes the Medrash Plia. I'll give you a minute to think about it yourself based on the knowledge that I just gave you, but the Medrash Plia says, Why does the Pasuk say water? Like water, Panam Lepanim, it should have said, like wine, Panam Lepanim. We know that if you look at your reflection in a cup of water, can't really always see it. But if you look in wine, then you see your reflection very clearly. In fact, I think the Minigam Sardin by Abdullah, they smile into the case, if I'm not mistaken. They laugh at Abdullah. There's a, uh, you know, there's something with wine. You could see a reflection. So the Pasuk should have really said, Kiyayin Panim Lepanim instead of Kimayim. That's the Medrash Plia's question. And the answer is, Mipnei Vav Yuseira. The reason why it used the metaphor of, of water instead of wine is because of an additional Vav. Which is a power, because there's no Vav in the word Mayim, and there's no Vav in the word Yayim. But based on the gra that we just learned about the word siyam, that there's a nigla and a nister, the medrash plia is beautiful. Because he says like this, if you examine the word mayim, mayim is mem equals mem, yud equals vav dal, mem equals mem, that's a perfect reflection. The nigla equals the nister, so that's a nice, there is symmetry there. However, when it comes to Yayin, it's different. Yud equals Vav Dalet, and Yud equals Vav Dalet, but the Nun is Nun, Vav, Nun. So, that Vav Yaseira in the middle, that extra Vav, that extra six, ruins the symmetry in the word Yayin. And Shleimanot was trying to present an example of something that's reflective, that's reciprocal, that has a mirror image. And because Yayin is not that perfect mirror image because of that Vav Yisir, that extra Nister Dikavav, can't use it. We have to use the word Mayim, which is a perfect balance between the Nigla and the Nister. This is what the Gra uh, explains, how the Gra explains that fascinating Medrash Pliyo. The real point of me bringing this Marshal that speaks about the importance of participating in a Siyam is because the Marshal in that very same parak says something that's very interesting. The Marshal says as follows, we know that there are two occasions when Klal Yisrael adds 
something to Zimun. When you're benching and you say, when you're Mizamin, you say, Baruch Elekeinu, normally we say, Shachan Mishalai. But on two occasions we add, we insert two other words. Baruch Elekeinu, Shahasimcha Bima'inai, Bishachan Mishalai. Shahasimcha Bima'inai, that the Simcha is in his domain, and it's the Rabbeinu Shalem's Rishos, which means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is part of the Simcha. When do we say that? We all know that we say this by every Sheva Brachas. Sheva Brachas always says Shasimcha B'mainai, famous. There's also another occasion that we say Shasimcha B'mainai, and that is by a much rarer occasion, Pijna Ben. By a Pijna Ben, if you're ever Zaychet to be in Pijna Ben, you also add Shasimcha B'mainai. He says by a bris, a bris you would really say that also, but Chazal say Misham Sara because there the baby suffers by the bris. So because of that, there is we don't say Shasim Khmaina generally. Maybe some people have a minute to say it, but generally speaking, you don't say Shasim Khmaina. That's how we fear. That's how we pass him. The Marshal was bothered. Well, why should an Asiyam contain this insert of Shasim Khmaina? After all. Is there no greater simchal of ne'amakayim than being messiah and mesechta when somebody sits and learns a mesechta for a long time and schwitzes over it and has a melos and dedicates countless hours, beautiful moments with his chabrusa or alone? Is there a greater simcha in the world than that? Is there a more important cosmic simcha than the Rina Shaltaira? So the marshal scratches his head proverbially and says, well, why shouldn't a siyam, assuming that, let's say, you have a, you wash, you probably think, well, you don't make zimun by a siyam. You have Reisman cake and you have, a, you have some potato chips, but sometimes you do. Sometimes people actually go and step it up and they make all sort of mitzvah with a siyam. So why should you not say shasim chabimainai by Yassim Masechta, this is the Marshal's question. You know what he did, the Marshal, because of this question? Normally, you blind by Yitzharachi and you say, well, I don't know, but this is what the rabbis say to do, so I can't fight it. The Marshal says, I decided that I was going to change the minute and call Yisrael and paskin halacha l'maysa that you should say Shasim from my name. So, Peladik and Marshal, this is what the Marshal, I'll give you his lashon. And I pass in this way, that you should make a power, a power of the commercial. But listen to what happened at that seum. That seum that I passed in should contain Shasimcha Vimainai was Nispalbel. He doesn't say exactly what happened, but it was a seum that was disrupted in a very random way. Something happened at that seum. I don't know what happened. I don't know if somebody died at that seum or if somebody uh, was, you know, somebody had some, uh, you know, a problem at that seum. But there was some commotion that happened at that seum that disrupted and interfered in the entire seum. And the marshal took that as a sign 
that he said something wrong. There was, it was such a commotion, such a hullabaloo that occurred at that scene. The Mashal says, uh-oh, maybe I did something wrong. And he says, Vitalisi hasir, I acknowledged my mistake. I blame myself for the fact that this CM took a bad turn. Because I went against the words of my masters. Who never heard of such a thing. That's why only by a chasm and vijna ben did they decide that there should be shasim kumaynai. Uva mila gamkein. Lule tsaradi inukan. By bris mila we would also do it were it not for the fact that the inuka has pain. Alva mitzvahs achrina light. But not other mitzvahs. Uva vade called ivreim bekabalah. Whatever chazal tell us, whatever the rabbanan tell us is all bekabalah. They have some mesayah. There is a reason behind everything of Asidis Themis with innermost secrets. Al Kosiko Mila on every word, on every letter. The Eich Niskan Dafkalaisa Mitzvahinacher. He continues and he says that even though it's a great simcha, but he says I had no right to go against Chazal, I had no right to go against the Rabbanon, and because of that, that's why the Sirchan took place, that's why this terrible calamity took place by this siyam of a mesefta that I passed in that we should say shasimta b'mayim. Very interesting marshal on many different levels. How the marshal actually decided such a thing and how a commotion ensued as a result of this and then how he did a mea culpa and he decided that it wasn't somebody else's fault. He didn't blame the caterer and he didn't blame the photographer and he didn't blame the air conditioning, he blamed himself. And he says, I'm going to look in a mirror and say that the reason why a commotion took place during this seum was none other than me. Because I paskined, I ruled, something that the rabbis never said to do, and they had their reasons, no doubt, even though it seemingly is deservant of a shasim kumaynai by a siyam, the rina shalfeira, the great celebration when a person completes a mesefta of shas, but I shouldn't have done it. I made a mistake, and that's why the mahuma gedayla, that's why this halabalu took place by that siyam. The Pachad Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak Kutner, Zechitzadik Levracha, wants to know, he doesn't take things on a superficial level, he doesn't just accept it, like most of us would just say, okay, he made a, he made a mistake, Chazal said not to do it, Mashal said to do it, but something happened and he stepped back and he says, my bad, and that's it, let's go weiter. The Pachet Yitzchak had a mind that was inquisitive and he wanted to know, well, why don't you say Shasim Kovmanai by Yisim? What would be wrong? The marshal is right. There's no greater simcha in the world. You think a pigeon aben or a bris or a or a um, shabbat bracha is a greater simcha than a siyum? A siyum is a very underrated celebration because very often it's done, you know, in that shirim over there and with some pretzels and some cookies, and so people think it's not a big deal. In the world of the marshal, it was a huge deal. It's a huge deal. The siyum that we make 
every seven and a half years in these grand arenas. That really should be the seum that we make every time we finish a Masechah. You should invite 90,000 of your closest friends and relatives to celebrate a seum on, on Masechah's Makis. On Harius, the smallest, pick the smallest Masechah, Megillah, Chagiga. You deserve a seum that's enormous because it's a huge celebration. So if it's a huge celebration, why do, shouldn't we not say Shasim Pumaynei? Why do we just ignore it? The other Simcha is Shasim Pumaynei, that the Simcha is in heaven, but the Shparach, he's celebrating, he's not celebrating by the Siyam Hashas. He's not celebrating when a Yeshiva Bach or a Balabas finishes a Masechta. Of course he is. So why not say Shasim Pumaynei? This is the question that the Pachirislav was bothered by. And what he says is as follows, a beautiful mahalach, and I'll tell you something, this is a pachid that I um, that I know for a very long time, because when I was in seventh grade, so my father, al-Vashalam, had a Sefer Torah written, and he lent it, he dedicated it, whatever, to the Masifta of Long Beach, which is where I ended up going for high school, but it was down the block from my house in Long Beach, and and he and he dedicated it to uh, to the Aaron Musa. We made the the Sivas Ha'isis in my house, and then all the yeshiva bachrim from Long Beach, one of the most chashuv yeshivas in the country, uh, came to dance. They had music, and there was a chuppah, and then there was a big suda for this hachnasa sefer Taira. and there was the Rosh Yeshiva of Long Beach, and all the chashuv rabbeim. And all these fourth-year guys and third-year base medic guys, very, very chashava maimen in all the high schools. So basically, you had like 150 yeshiva bachim that were holding and learning. And here was a seventh-grade kid from Halb, and my father said he wanted me to, to speak by this uh, by this suda. Thinking back on it, it was it was I don't know how I did it, but then I was just a you know I was a brash young man, and I just said, "All right, what's the big deal? I'll speak." So I went to my rabbi, Rabbi Meshav Fruchtandler, Zechitzadik Lebracha, and I asked him, he was a real Chaim Berliner, so I asked him if he could write me a speech for the occasion, and, uh, and he did. And the speech was this short mimer of the Pachar Yitzchak. And it went over very well. People said they liked it, I think. So, but it was, I have pictures of it. It's an amazing thing to have. A, I mean, it would be, it's hard to describe, but it's, you know, it was, it was a pretty gutsy thing to be able to stand up there in seventh grade and, and speak to a, a very, very hush of a large island. Anyway, this is what the Pachad Yitzhak says to answer the question of the Yamshul Shlema. To answer this problem with the Yamshul Shlema, why do we not say Shasim Chodemainai by a Siam? So it's a two-step process, the Pachyot. It's not a one, it's not a quickie vart. You have to build up in two steps. Now, this is a Pachyot, because sometimes you have to build up 15 steps in a Pachyot. So I'm giving you a nice, simple Pachyot, but it's, it's a one-two step. So the first step is, to answer the question, first we have to know a Gemara in Saita. The Gemara in Saita and the Pachyot says, on a Pachyot, Kiner Mitzvah B'Tayra Ar. A mitzvah is compared to a nair, to a candle. Taira 
is compared to an R to light. What does that mean? Sounds good, but what does it mean? It means like this. The Gemara says like this. Just like a candle, if you have a candle, how long does that candle have use? It has use until it burns down to the end. Once it's dissolved and the wick is gone, there's no more candle. That's how a mitzvah is. A mitzvah is like a candle. In that, kolzman that you're doing a mitzvah, you're protected. It's migna umatzvah. It has, it protects you and it saves you. But once you stop doing the mitzvah, all bets are off. You could shake a lulav and esrig. While you're shaking the lulav and esrig, you have divine protection surrounding you. Once you put the lulav and esrig down, anything can happen. You're not protected anymore. It's interesting. The just Agaborcha, there was a story about the Mishnah Seifim, one of the uh, great rav who was on a boat, and and the boat all of a sudden started taking in water, and they were petrified. They thought this was the end. It was on Rosh Hashanah that this happened. On Rosh Hashanah, he was traveling on a ship, and there was a hole somewhere in the in the in the bottom of the ship, and they had to find it quickly in order to plug it up, but they couldn't. The water was coming in like crazy. And they didn't know what to do. So the Mishnah Seifrim says, listen, if I'm going to die, I want to at least die being Mekayim, the mitzvah of Tkiah Seifer. We're on a ship, it's Rosh Hashanah, have to blow the Seifer, let me do this mitzvah properly, and then I'll die. So he blew the Tkiah, the Mishnah Seifrim, and then, while he was blowing the Tkiah, all of a sudden, they, had fi- they found the leak in the ship, and they managed to plug up the hole, and they were saved. And Rabbunah Mibshishcha, one of the great Hasidic masters, said that it was because of this Gemara that a mitzvah, as long as you're actually doing the mitzvah, it's migna matzah, will save you the mitzvah. After the mitzvah is over, maybe not. But while you're doing the mitzvah, it saves you. And he added the, the Rabbunim, that that only helped because he didn't have in mind, oh, I'll blow the shaper in order that they should find the hole, because that would not be really blowing the shaper properly. That would be like a shalai lishma infused, and then it's not necessarily going to save you. He had in mind that I want to be Mekayim the Mitzvah of Shefer because it might be my last time that I'm doing it. And he had all of the Kavanas to be Mekayim the Mitzvah of Kiyah Shefer. And because of that, the Mitzvah was, shalai, was so, so lishma that he had the divine protection that the Gemara promises in Mesecha Shefer. So, a ner is like a Mitzvah, or a Mitzvah is like a ner. That as long as you're doing it, when it's burning, great. Once it's, all, it's out, it's out. But Torah is like our. Torah is like our. We don't know so much about science and physics and astronomy and all the things that people that work in NASA know about. But one thing we know is that there's something called the speed of light, which means that when I light something, when I turn, turn on a light, the light never dies. The light is here forever. It just goes somewhere else. It travels light. And it might be dark in the room now, but somewhere it's illuminating. It moves. It speeds. It, it goes somewhere, the light. And that's how Tyre is. Light never dies. A candle dies. A physical candle has a shelf light. It, it dies after a while. But a light stays forever. Tyre is like light. Torah is megan umatzel be'igna da'asik bo, de'igna de'loyasik bo. During the time that we're learning Torah, right now we're all learning Torah together. 
we have divine protection. But after we leave today, we will still be divinely protected because we have learned right now together. That's the way Tyra is. That's the difference between Tyra and Mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are wonderful, but they are very temporary in terms of their protection. Tyra protects a person forever and ever and ever. That's the beauty of Tyra. And he says that the Nefesh HaChayim, Reb Chaim in his classic Sefer, brings this Gemara to illustrate certain halachas even. Sounds like a nice agadita, but it's not practical halacha. It is. Reb Chaim Malajner says, L'mashal. We know that there is a halacha that zakein sheshachach talmudai. If let's say there is an old man and Rachmanu Atzlan, he's a, let's say he's a Tamachacham Muflug, a very big Tamachacham, a big rabbi, big scholar, but he gets dementia, Le'elenu, and, or he has Alzheimer's, and now he can't remember a word of Tyra that he knew. He once knew Kalatar Kula, he knew a lot, and now he knows nothing. Now a third grader knows more than he does. Do you still have to stand up for him? Or do you say, no, I mean, you know, he's, he's, not a, he's not a scholar anymore, he just doesn't know. And the halacha is, zakein sheshachach talmudai adayin sarach lizar b'chvay Even after he loses his tayr, you have to still maintain that respect for him. Whatever you would do when he was younger, and with all of his faculties, you also have to do today that he is lacking in his wisdom. Why is that? Why is that? I don't stand up for the third grader. Why do I have to stand up for him? Third grader knows more than him. The answer is very simple, says the Nefesh HaChayim. Because Tyra is like our. Tyra is Megan Umatzel even after you stop learning it. The Tyra protects the person. The Tyra stays with the person forever. If you were once a Talmud Chacham, even though now you're not because... You had a, an anus happened to you, something happened now, you forgot your Tyra, but it's Ki'ilu, you still have the Tyra. The aura of Tyra surrounds you forever. And because of that, we stand up, we accord him proper respect forever and ever because the Tyra stays with him forever. That's step number one. Okay, so we got the first step in the Pachan that's the Gemara in Saita that says that Ner is like a Mitzvah, Taira is like our. Taira is Megan Omatzel forever. Mitzvahs are temporary in terms of their divine protection. There's a Gemara in Chagiga that we have to know now, says the Pachad Yitzchak, on Dafyud Beis, Amid Beis. Shiva Rakim Heim. There are seven heavens. When the Gaiyans say, oh, I'm in seventh heaven, where did they get that from? They got it from the Gemara in Chagiga, of course. The Gemara says in Chagiga that there are seven heavens. Not only are there seven heavens, but we actually know their names. The Gemara there says what each of the heavens are called. Not only that, but the Gemara there describes what takes place in each of these seven heavens. One of these heavens is called Ma'ayn. Ma'ayn. That's the name of, the, of one of the heavens. And what happens in Ma'ayn? There are angels that live, that congregate, that dwell in this heaven called Ma'ayn, and they sing Shira to Hashem. But the Shira that they sing to Hashem, says the Gemara, is not 24-7. They sing Shira at night, 
At night they sing Shir to the Rabbeinu Shalom. But by day, they're silent. There's no shira that emanates from mine. Because of the Kabbat Shal Yisrael, they want to defer to Klai Yisrael. Shacharis, Mincha, But we daven our time for singing shira to the Rabbani Shalom's day. By day, they're quiet. They give us the stage by day, but they take over at night. Says the Pachad Yitzchak so beautifully. When we say at those occasions of mitzvahs, like Pijna Ben, and like a Shavarbrachas, that the Simcha is B'ma'inai, the Simcha is in his heaven. What does that mean, it's in his heaven? It means that it's in his mind, in that Rakia Shashmai mind, that specific heaven of mind. Which, what happens in mind? There's a temporary shira. Something happens, but it's a temporary nature there. If it's temporary nature, that's good for what? Temporary equals mitzvahs. Pijanaben. Shevabrachos. Brismila, were it not for the Tzara Dinuka. All those, those are mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are making umatzel temporarily. While you're doing it, fine. Afterwards, No. It's a temporary thing, a mitzvah. For a temporary thing, we can invoke the rakia sheshmai ma'ayin. Sha'asimcha b'ma'ayinai, because mine is a temporary domain. It's a place that, it's not a constant. It's not always. It's something that happens, a shira takes place part of the day, but the rest of the day not. There's something temporary in that rakia sheshmai ma'ayin. Temporary, we can invoke by a mitzvah, which is a temporary experience. But to invoke Shasimcha b'ma'inai, to mention the word ma'in by a seum of Torah, and Torah is forever, Torah is nitzchi, Torah is eternal, Torah never stops. So the Lashon of the Pachet Yitzhak is that if we would use the Lashon of ma'in, which, in, which implies a temporary sort of seum, a, a temporary sort of experience of simcha, pegamhula. It's a pagan for the Torah. We wouldn't dare say Shasimcha b'ma'ayne, which implies temporary, when it comes to a seam of Torah, because Torah is forever. Torah is megan or matzel, not just when you're Isaac in it, but even long after that. Mine would be a... It would be sort of an insult to mention mine when it comes to a seam of Torah, because Torah is forever. Torah is not that mine experience of half in, half out, a little bit here, a little bit, not there. Taira is all in. Taira is full. Taira is complete. The simcha is not just b'ma'ayna, the simcha is constant. Day in and day out, 24-7, forever. And that was the peda that Chazal had. No, don't say shasimcha b'ma'aynay by yisiyah mesechta. Because by yisimcha's ha-taira, the teva of the Simcha B'ma'inai is inappropriate to say that, that Matea, because it's a mir of the Taira Kadesh Rachman Watsan. Taira needs more than Shasimcha B'ma'inai. Shasimcha B'ma'inai is appropriate by mitzvahs, beautiful. But to say it by a Siyam, by a Simcha of Taira, which is forever, even when you're not Isaac in it, like R, you can't say Shasimcha B'ma'inai. That's not appropriate, and that's why. The marshal, when he said that you should, 
it was met in Shemaim with tremendous resistance. And at that Siyam, as he described, some Mahuma Gedailah, some great distraction took place, some great disruption occurred at that Siyam. Because you don't say Shasim Chomayna by a Siyam, that's a, it's a Pachin Panim, it's a slap in the face to Taira even, to say Shasim Chomayna. This is what the Pachad Yitzchak says. I want to just give a story to illustrate. We saw how a mitzvah is temporary, but it protects while you're doing the mitzvah. I want to give a story now to show how Taira is eternal and protects even when you're not being Isaac and Taira. Once upon a time, there was a person who had a certain love for one Masechta. One Masechta he loved. And that was Masechta's Chagiga. Chagiga, he, was, he loved that Masechta. Everybody, I think, in Yeshiva has a certain affinity for a certain Masechta. And again, you know, certain people love Megillah, some love Makis, some love Ababasra, some love Yavamas. I don't know, everyone has different. But he loved Chagiga. He didn't know any of the other Masechtas in Shas, but Chagiga he knew, and he knew it cold. And every day he hazard Chagiga, day in and day out, and backwards and forwards. That was his Masechta. And for 60 years, he was chazering this Masechta over and over and over again. He didn't have a family with him on the last day of his life. I don't know where they were. But they weren't with him in his house when he died. And when he died, there was nobody there that knew that he died because he was all alone. And he was there for a day. He was there for two days and nobody knew anything. All of a sudden, one day, there was a woman that goes into his house and she sees him on the floor, no longer alive. And she comes out and she starts screaming in the middle of the town, somebody help! Somebody here has died! And they all come in and the Chavar Kadisha comes and she's imploring them to give him proper respect and bury him properly, and give proper esfagim to him. And they did. They gave him a beautiful kura with all of the bells and whistles that this woman had requested. There was one problem. Nobody knew who this woman was. She was like a stranger in town. And who is she to start telling us what to do? And who, what's her relationship with this man? Like, what's going on here? And after the hesped was over, and after the kura was completed a crowd of women gathered around this strange woman, this woman that was not from that town, and asked her, by the way, who are you? What's your name? And she said the following. She says, my name is Chagiga. That's my name. It's a nice name for a girl, by the way. I think it would be, you know, if anyone's considering uh, naming a girl, I think Chagiga is a beautiful name. My name is Chagiga. I am the embodiment, she says, of the Meseches Chagiga. And this man dedicated his life to me. This man, day in and day out, hazarded me over and over again. He loved me. He took care of me. He protected me. And when nobody else was learning Chagiga, he was always there learning Chagiga. And because of that, I came for him, and I came to protect him, 
and I understood that he was in trouble, that he was no longer alive, and I was here to ensure that he got the proper covet after and that he was properly buried, properly eulogized, because he gave me so much. Tyra is megan umatzel, not just when you're learning Tyra. Tyra is there forever for you. Whatever word of Tyra that you learn, one word, if all we would do in this lifetime is come down to this life and learn a single word of Tyra, our entire existence would be justified. Whatever else we do in our life, one word, the Groh famously says that the mitzvah of Talmud Tyra, how do you break down a unit of mitzvah of Talmud Tyra? Taking a lulu of an esrog is the natila of the lulu of an esrog. Eating matzah, when I eat a kezayis of matzah, I'm the kind of mitzvah. What about kamatayra? Is it going to a shear and not sleeping through an entire shear? Is that when you get the check in Shemayim? Is it when you, uh, you know, uh, an hour? Is it a seder? Is it two-star mazeya? How, how is the mitzvah of kamatayra quantified? And the gross says every word. Every single word of Torah that you learn is another mitzvah. And it's not just a regular mitzvah, it's a turbocharged mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that all the mitzvahs of the Torah combined equal one mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So that means that every word that we say is a tremendous mitzvah. The Chavetz Chaim made a cheshman, I think, that you could speak. He, he practiced, and he says you could speak, I believe he says 200 words a minute. So you get 200 words times 613 for every minute of Torah that you learn. That's an amazing amount. He says on Shabbos, Shabbos is Shkula Kenegad Kala Mitzvah. It's 613 times 613 for every word of Torah that you learn, whatever the math is there. And if you do it for a minute, it's times 200. You learn for an hour. The numbers are wacky. The numbers go crazy. You can literally earn millions of units of schar in a few hours of learning Torah on Shabbos. And all of that Torah is megan umatzo for us. That Torah stands in good stead for us. It's here when we're learning it, and it's here when we're not learning it. We're protected by that Torah. What does that mean? How do we understand that, that Torah protects me even when I'm not learning it. And I think that the answer is, why is it different than a mitzvah? Why is it different than a mitzvah? Why is a mitzvah only protecting me when I'm doing it, but Tyra is forever? Why? It's another mitzvah in the Tyra. What's so special about Tyra? And I think the answer is that a mitzvah is a very special experience. I don't mean in any way to diminish a mitzvah. Well, mitzvahs are... We don't understand what mitzvahs are either, how great they are. But a mitzvah, when I do it, is very important. And it's significant, and it might even be inspirational. But very often, after we put down the lul of an esrug, or after we close our sitter, or after we put away our tefillin, not much of a reishim exists on us. It didn't necessarily transform us in a real way. Maybe a little... Maybe it gave us a little bit more Yerushalayim, etc. But when we stop doing the mitzvah, the mitzvah sort of withers on the vine. Not so with Tyra. Tyra, when we're learning Tyra, something different happens to us if we're learning it right. Tyra is transformative. 
Taira is something that changes who we are. We're no longer the same person when we learn Taira. I know many people in my life, and I'm sure you do as well, and maybe the person is you, that before a person starts really getting into learning Taira, they were they did certain things that they weren't very proud of. They did shtick, they were juvenile, they were sophomoric, they did pranks, their nivopah was not exactly kept under control, their shmir seinayim was not kept under control, they weren't so respectful to their parents perhaps, they weren't a great citizen to have around, and all of a sudden they start learning Tyra. And they start having a passion for, for, for learning and for accomplishing and for hazarding. And there's a maturity that starts developing that takes root in that person. And it's transformative. It changes who the person is. It's not like a mitzvah. A mitzvah is great when you're doing it, but when you put it away, it's next mitzvah. And that mitzvah is sort of, sort of, sort of pales. And fades. Tyra changes a person. Tyra is something that's so transformative, that so changes us. That's why I believe it's like R. It never goes away, Tyra. If Tyra is learned properly, even when I'm not learning Tyra, but the Tyra has an influence on me. It impacts who I am. Whether I'm in yeshiva, whether I'm at work, whether it's the winter or it's the summer. I'm a changed person. It's not to say that I'm a malach. I'm not always perfect. Even after I start learning Torah, I'm still a human being. I'm frail. I have a Sahara like everybody else. But I have been changed. I have been transformed into a better person, into a holier person, into a person with a conscience. I don't. I might still do shtick once in a while, but I do it now, and I feel guilty when I do it. It might be. I could be doing really bad stuff. But it's different. Now I speak Lashonara, but I feel bad when I'm speaking Lashonara. And you think, well, that's so what? That's worse. It is and it isn't. The Bali Musas say that you can't compare sinning with a, a kraft, sinning with a, oy, and sinning without a kraft. So if you sin and you ra ra ra, let's do it, that's really bad. But if you're sinning, but it's like unasophia, like, I, I, you know, I don't really want to say the Lashonara, but I'm going to do it. It's not a good thing, but but it, it, it's a little better because I'm a Ben Tyra now. Because I'm not the same person that I used to be. When I'm learning Tyra or when I'm not learning Tyra, the Tyra is shaping me and it's molding me and it's making me better for learning Tyra properly. You see, Rabbi Akiva, we've been in seven weeks of mourning for the Talmudia Rabbi Akiva. Look at how great Rabbi Akiva was. Rabbi Akiva said that in the first 40 years of his life, he was a self-described Amaretz. I would never dare call him Kiva Amaretz. Rabbi Kiva was the, the greatest Amaretz, perhaps, since he was, uh, he was in existence. Until today, and probably generations before him, Rabbi Kiva was our Messiah of Teresh You cannot call Rabbi Kiva an Amaretz. But he called himself an Amaretz. And he said that when I was an Amaretz, when I was an ignoramus, and I saw Tamachacham, I said, Miyitain Halavaya should be able to take his leg and bite into it like a donkey would bite into a person's leg. 
That's how much hatred he said he had for Talmidei Chachamim. And the Talmidim said, Rebbe, Rebbe, tone it down a little bit. Say it, say it like a dog. Don't say it like a donkey. It's too much. A dog, you know, a postman gets bitten by dogs, whatever. Say, dog is, is sweeter, it's friendlier. Don't say it like a donkey. It's not nice. He said, no, no, I meant a donkey. He says, because a, a dog bites into the, the mailman's leg and it doesn't break the actual bone. But when a donkey bites into somebody's leg, it crushes a bone. That's how much I hated Atam and Chafim, says Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva then started learning Taira. And look at the great Rabbi Akiva. Look what he became. Look how he transformed his, his persona, his essence, into the greatest of Tanoim that we have. That's what a human being can do when it starts when he starts learning Taira. You could change yourself from the most lowest existence to the highest person in the world. All because of the, the Kayak of Taira. There's a Gemara that says, and this is a Shvuzika Gemara, and this is a Shvuzika Shmuz. The Gemara says that Rav Yasef, the great Rav Yasef, on Shvuz, he made it a special Yantif. I don't know if he had cheesecake, but he definitely had what's called an Eglor Tilsa. It was a very Chashiva piece of meat. Either it means it was like the third eagle, the third uh, calf that came out of the mother's stomach, or as a calf that was uh, three years old. When it was a very hush of a prime rib, you know, piece of meat. Why did he make this piece of meat for Shavuos after? And he said, If not for this day of Shavuos, of Matan Kama Yasef Ika Bishuka. You know how many Joes there are out on the street? I would be a regular Joe. I would be a regular Yasef. There's many Yasefs out there. I know many Yasefs. I don't know many Rav Yasefs. The, the famous Rav Yasef from Shas. I don't know too many of those. I know many Yasefs. I know many Joes, Josephs. If not for Shvoris, says Rav Yasef, I would be nothing. There's, I'd be just a regular Yasef in the street. I'd be, I'd be doing whatever I'm doing in the street. He didn't mean working. Working there's nothing wrong with. But I'd be, what he meant was that I'd be just a, a, I'd be a bad person. I'd be a base person. I'd be a human being that has no morals, no values, no ethics, no honesty, no conscience. Because the Torah makes me rebusive. The Torah is what makes me, what forms me, what molds me, what shapes me into who I am. This is the celebration of Shavuos. Shavuos for a Ben Taira is not just a day that we stay up late and we learn Taira at night. Shavuos is a day that we celebrate the fact that we are who we are. Because do you know who we would be if not for the Taira? How many people do we know that weren't as fortunate as we were to go through the same high schools that we did, to go to the same yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael that we did, to go to a, a yeshiva like this, Many people went to different high schools and I don't know if they're from or not. I have friends that's completely not from. Really not from. They didn't go to the same high school as I did. They didn't go to Eretz Yisrael like I did. Some of them did and then they went off to a secular college in Yehopis and, and they're not from. Or if they're from, they're very, they're not honest. I have friends that are very, very dishonest as a matter of fact and, and it's for another time. What's the difference? 
the difference is that one was Zaycha to learn Tyra a little bit and one was not. If not for the day of Shavuos, which is the Zman of Mount Tyraseno, we celebrate the fact that we would have been different and Baruch Hashem were not. Today is a day that I am who I am. It's the most essential of Yom Taivim in a sense. Because the other Yom Taivim celebrate Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, freedom, liberty. They celebrate uh, Sukkot, as, uh, you know, Zman Simchaseinu, the crops, the agricultural, whatever you associate with the other Yom Taivim. But it's sort of a, they're all important, obviously. But Shavuos is a celebration of myself. It's a celebration of who I am because of the Tyre. What would I be were it not for the Tyre? Lulei Seirascha Shashuai Azavadati Ba'anyi David HaMalf used to say all the time were it not for the Tyre that I delight in I would have been lost in my poverty. Think about that for a second. Imagine David HaMalf. Do you know who David HaMalf was? This is where Baron Cutler talking. Baron Cutler was once, he, that was his favorite song by the Lule Sarasta. It was composed by a Talmud of his, who he eventually, you know, became very famous, but he learned by Baron and he composed this niggin, and I think Baron was madly in love with this niggin, because it was Baron. It Baron was all Tyra, he's pure Tyra. And he loved this niggin, he stopped the singing once by a tish in the middle of the singing. And he said, stop! Think about these words. Lule Sayrasa Shashuai Azabadati Banyi. David Amalek was the Usher Mikal Adam. He was the king of Kal Yisrael. He was a billionaire. He was a trillionaire. He had all the money in the world that he could handle. He had palaces. He had horses. He had wives. He had Whatever he wanted, he had clothing, fur with the, the you know with the the Flintstone fur, everything. He had everything. And David Amelah says that I would have drowned in poverty had it not been for your tire. Think about that. Person has a couple of bucks in his pocket, they're so full of gaiva, they think that they own the world. David Amelah owned the world. And he said that I would be nothing, I would be poor, I would be a beggar if I didn't have Tyra. Because for him, money wasn't the main thing in life. Money comes, money goes. But the only thing that's Megan O'Matzel, the only thing that shapes me and forms me and makes my life complete and rich is the Tyra, the If not for that, I'd be, a po- I'd be impoverished. I'd, be not- I'd live in, 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 in squalor. Of course he wouldn't. He'd be the king of all you saw, but it would be as if I was living in Skal, because what's it worth? There's a lot of Davids out there. There's a lot of Daves. What makes me David Amelech is the Kaya that infuses my very nature. It informs my every action. It encompasses my daily life. My moment-by-moment life is all Torah. I wake up in the morning, you watch Negovas or Maidani, you go to Daven, you give tzedakah, you learn Taira, halachas every minute, not speaking Lashon Hara, making an Asher Yatzar, making sure to dress a certain way to put your right foot on, shoe on before your left shoe. All of these things that they take up my whole life, they fill my life, they complete me. That's what makes me who I am. Shavuot's the day that we celebrate ourselves. 
We celebrate if not for this day. We look in the mirror and say, this is a day that makes me great. If I'm great in any way, I'm not saying that I'm great. And I'm not saying that I'm Ramesha Feinstein. Far from it. But I am saying one thing. That I know that if not for the Torah, if not for Chag HaShvuz, I would really be nothing. I'd be nothing. I would have nothing. I'd be nothing. I'd be just a regular person. The special nature of who I am all emanates from the Torah. And the quicker in life that we understand that, the more we will be able to embrace the Torah and love it. We're speaking about a Siyam. The Kutzker has a great line, as he always does. The Kutzker Rebbe says the following. Somebody came to him and invited him to make us to, to participate in the Siyam that he was making. He says, what are you making a Siyam on? He says, I, fit, I, I went through Shas. Making a Siyam, it's a big thing. Go through Shas. So the Kutzker was very sharp. And the Kutzker says... It's nice that you went through Shas. Nice? Beautiful. But did Shas go through you? Go through Shas. Did Shas go through you? What does learning do for us? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Are we changed? Are we changing? Are we metamorphosizing into better people or are we just staying the same and learning more intellectual knowledge? Knowledge is not important. A lot of people know a lot of things. There are brilliant people that are the, low, the lowest of human beings and they're brilliant. Knowledge itself is nothing in terms of who a person is. Knowledge is only important if it's able to change who we are, if it makes us better people. There are people that use knowledge to, to, to ruin the world. Nuclear, some nuclear scientists that have evil intentions and they want to create nuclear weapons that could destroy millions of people, they're brilliant. But what are they using their knowledge for? A person that is a bentaira isn't just a person that's able to say, I went through many nesechtas, I made many human. It's something different than that. It's that there's an R that surrounds that person. And when a person makes a siyam, he says, Hajan Allah, what is Hajan Allah? Hajan Allah means the beauty of the Torah is on me. I've been changed by the Torah that I learned. The glow, the R of Torah, Kinnar Mitzvah, the Torah R, the glow of Torah is around me. I see a different person in me because of the Torah. The Chazanisha has a beautiful letter. He says that, you might think that a Tamachacham is a regular B'nai Samusa, a mere mortal that walks amongst you. He says it's not true. He says he might look the same, he might act the same, he might dress the same as you. But he's like a Malach. He's like an angel that walks amongst regular people. Tyra makes a person elevated if Tyra is learned right. Shvu is the day that we accept upon ourselves Kabbalah Satyra. It's a Rosh Hashanah, by the way. The Shlach Kaddish says that Shvuas is a Rosh Hashanah like all the other Yom Tayyim are Rosh Hashanahs for various things. Shvuas the Rosh Hashanah for Tyra. How much Tyra are we going to learn this coming year? It's going to be Kapaskin this Shvuas. 
How deep are we going to be able to learn? How much chazara? How much geshmach? So many times people come to me and say, Rabbi, I, I hate learning. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't enjoy it. I want out. Many people do that. And I, I get it. I understand. Not, they're not crazy. They're human beings and they have different interests and not all people are bitten by the Torah bug. People, some people have, are neutral towards learning Torah. Some people love Torah. Some people the opposite. Our attitudes towards Torah, that's also going to be judged in Rosh Hashanah. Whether we find Torah fascinating, geschmack, interesting, lovable, or all the opposite terms, that all is decided on the Rosh Hashanah, which is coming up on Tuesday night, Shavuos. And we have to daven like never before. You should cry by your davening on Shavuos. Just like you cry in Rosh Hashanah sometimes, because you know that your life is dependent on an event Torah, somebody who gets what we're saying today cries on Shavuos knowing that I need the Torah to change. What would I be without Torah? I'd be nothing. I need more Torah. I want to geschmack in learning. I want to steig. I want to be greater in learning. I want to be able to know more, to remember more, to retain more, to share more, to receive more have a good chavrusa. All of these things are things that are determined on Shavuos. Shavuos is a great day. But it's not a day necessarily for the Rabbi It's a day for us. It just occurred to me now, the Gemara, the famous Gemara in Tzachim, that says that even though on the other Yom Taivim you could split it, or you could say, you could either, you could choose whether you want Kula Lashem or Kula Chem, but Shvus, Kuliyama Leipligi, everybody agrees. Kuliyama Maida Devini Nami Lachem. On other Yom Taivim, you want to fast the whole day and just sit and learn, fine. Pesach, Sukkot, good. Go for it. But Shvus is the one day that you have to have Nami Lachem. You have to have something for yourself. Rashi says something like, because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful, happy day. It's the day that the Torah was given. Everybody asks the question, what do you mean? That's the day that you should give Tashem? Tyre was given, Tyre is Ruchmi. Tyre, this is the day that you should, should say, everybody agrees that you should have Nami Lashem. It's the day that Tyre is given. Learn a little bit. Don't eat the whole day. Give the Tyre a, a, little, a little attention. Learn a little. Why, why does it say no? Even if you want to learn all day, you've got to eat some cheesecake. You've got to enjoy it a little bit yourself. Why? And I think the answer is very simple. Because it's not so much a day for the Rabbi Nishlam, it's a day for us. It has to be selfish this day. It has to be a day that we look in a mirror and say, Baruch Hashem, this is who I am. Because of this day, I am who I am. The Torah has infused me with greatness. The Torah has made me special. I'm no longer that kid that I used to be because of the Torah. I'm no longer rude I don't insult people. I don't look down on people. I try to be nice to my parents. I have good relationships with people. I help people. I do chesed. Why? Because I'm a ben Torah. Because the Torah that I have inside of me changed me. It made me a significant human being. It made me a Yosef. Not the Yosef in the Shuk, but a Rav Yosef that we have forever. And this is what Shavuos is all about. It's a day that's lachem. It's not just lachem. It's lachem because Torah is for me. It's our. 
It's a light that makes me different. It shines not just on in the base medrash, but I take out of the base medrash my luminant self. I don't know if this is the last shmuz of the Zman, or maybe there'll be a closer shmuz, but let's assume for the moment that this is the last shmuz of the year. And if it is, then I just want to give a little bit of personal shabbat to you. Because you make the yeshiva great. And you don't know the pride that I have when I come into a base medrash and I see everybody learning with a kalter, with a gishmat, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Because the older you get, sometimes it's harder to do that. But you're dedicating these important years of your life. You could be doing a lot of other stuff. But instead, you chose to sit in the base medrash, shift to the base Hashem, lachsais benayim Hashem, levakir be'echalai, to enjoy the shashuim of Taira, the delight of Taira. And I see the change in each and every one of you. You're great people. You're G'dayim. And it's important once in a while, if not every day, for a Rebbe to tell Talmidim how proud he is of them. Because sometimes you don't hear it enough. And sometimes you go home and there's friction and your parents are not thrilled with who you're becoming. And it's important to understand the greatness that you're attaining every single day in yeshiva. Every day is not a wasted day. If you learn one word, one seder, one hour, one minute, it's amazing. It's something that you'll, you have for the rest of your life. But you come every single day and you're here day in and day out on every single Sunday, every Friday, every, every legal holiday and you're here and you're shtiding not because anyone's telling you to but just simply you want to. You're changing. Shavuos is your day. Shavuos is a day that you should be proud. You should hold your head up high knowing that the Torah is part of me. On Simchas Torah, we take a physical Torah and we dance with it. And on Shavuos, we take the Torah that we've learned the whole year and we embrace it internally. And the more that we're able to understand the greatness that we have within us because of the Torah that we've learned and how it's changed us, the greater the Yantav of Shavuos will be. And the greater the Yantav of Shavuos will be, the greater our davening will be on that day and I want to give you a bracha that all your tefillas that you daven on the Rosh Hashanah for Taira should be niskabel, berachem and veratzayim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should continue to shower upon you and upon this yeshiva, shefa, bracha, v'atzlacha, endless amounts of geshmak and learning, endless reams of chidushe Taira, pilpul chaveirim, relationships with your abeim and your chavra that are la'elo la'elo. And in Mitzvah Hashem, we should all be zaycha to take that taira and live with it for the rest of our life that are, that are haganas, which is surrounding us, whether we're Isaac and taira, whether we're not Isaac and taira, but because of what we're doing and our commitment, our loyalty to taira, the taira 
changes us and stays with us forever and ever. Have a good Shabbos and a good Yom.